can't get a game for me. Shit, I got some change on me. Look into my eyes, moving it right. I might just pay the fee. She's cash free. She got a wig, making the block free. Cash free. Can't get a game for me. Shit, I got some change on me. Look into my eyes, moving it right. I might just pay the fee. She's cash free. And we're back. It's your host with the most. Dr. Shep, coming back across the track once again, my friend. I've walked on water. I've walked on land. i got kings and queens that want to shake my hand. Who am I? The doctor. Man, welcome to tonight's show. I got my grill in my mouth. Y'all got to bear with me, man, because I got a clown tonight. You dig? I'm H-Town clowning tonight because tonight's show is called Think Like a Man. And act like a lady. Now I think I said that right. Let me now I think I think I got that backwards. Do you understand me? Because it's all confusing. I think it's think act like a lady, act like a man, and think like a lady. There we go. Now that's what we're looking for. Because the whole situation is confusing. You understand? And y'all gonna understand what I'm talking about in a minute. You understand? Now, just think about that right there. Now, that was a book that came out and a movie some years ago. You understand me? And it was written by ours only, Mr. Steve Harvey. Let me take my grill out, man, because I want y'all to understand me. I just want to clown right quick. Now, this book was written by Mr. Steve Harvey, you dig? And he, he was telling us on how to interact, you dig? <clears throat> there he is, Mr. Crybaby himself. He was telling us how women should put themselves in a position of thinking like a man, you dig? But then turn around and act like a lady, which that's confusing. Because if you're running around thinking like a man, then you're already out of, you know, you're out of your, your own natural aura, you dig? You're taking on a man's aura. And I don't see how you can act like a lady running around with a man's aura and a man's thinking in your head. That was whack from the beginning. Now, it was a nice title. Boy, look at that crybaby fade. He hurt right now. So, well, he was giving us all that good advice, giving women all that good advice, you know. Here lately, I don't think he read his own book. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he missed a chapter or two because it's reported, allegedly, that his uh, beautiful wife that he just married here not too too long ago after leaving the second wife for this third wife that has thought like a man and acted like a lady with him. You did. So she has reportedly been caught cheating with Steve Harvey's um, bodyguard and also the chef. 
I, I guess when he, we, you know, Steve asked what's on the menu, <laughs> the chef said, your old lady. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't read his own book. And people, this is the thing about it. A movie was made about this book. Women actually started to behave from, you know, off the information that they ingested from this book. Meaning that they took Steve Harvey's advice for being good. Now, this is what I'm saying, people. We're all talking heads. I'm a talking head. And I give you my opinion. And I could do that without experiencing what I'm giving you my opinion about. I can sound like a professor, psychiatrist, psychologist, and all that when giving you my advice. Now, you as the receiver of that advice, I caution you. When you give up your own way of thinking and your own thought process and your own reasoning to take on somebody's advice, you have to understand what you're doing. If you act on that advice, you are actually changing your life with somebody else's information that you haven't actually fact-checked. It's just because of who they are and what their name is and what social you know, platform they own. If they're popular. If they have a lot of likes. If their views is, you know, viral. Then they become someone that you can depend on advice from. No, that's wrong, people. And today, you realize that you were led astray. Those who even bought the book, you might as well stick it behind the door. Make it a dough stopper. It's no longer valid. And that's what happens. And I'm using Steve Harvey as an example because I got a personal story about that. Now, don't you feel sorry for Mr. Harvey? Because we all know Mr. Harvey has purchased every ounce of karma that is coming to him. He has bought it, paid cash for it straight out. And I have a story to, a personal story. I am a comedian and I've been doing comedy for now 31 years. And the story that I'm going to tell directly coincides with what's happening to Mr. Harvey now. Because I wasn't the only victim to his, you know, I don't know what to call it. But I can describe it for you. If you have a person that's less talented, you have a person that's not really that has that it factor, but they know people, okay? That's important, very important, who you know. Mr. Steve Harvey was less talented than all of us. Mr. Steve Harvey was less marketable 
than all of us. But what Mr. Steve, Mr. Steve Harvey had, though, was cutthroat. Yes, sir, you heard it from me. Mr. Steve Harvey know how to cut your throat professionally. So what I mean by karma, my story is this. I just started doing comedy. I started at a club called Cocktails and Rumors here in Houston, Texas, 31 years ago. That was the first time that I was on stage. Never told a joke, never been in that position to be on stage live, telling my jokes in front of audiences. I've always been a sideline comic, meaning that I hadn't hit the stage yet or I hadn't realized that I had the talent to be a comedian. So I started off at Cocktails and Rumors here in Houston, Texas. <clears throat> From Cocktails and Rumors, another club opened up that was ran by Rushan McDonald, David Rayborn, J. Anthony Brown, Steve Harvey, called the Hip Hop Comedy Style. Downtown Houston, Main Street. Now, this comedy club is not like where I started. It was like a club where they did comedy. But the hip-hop comedy style was a comedy club where they did only comedy. They had a they had a talent night on Thursdays. Where, you know, people, you know, like an Apollo night. Actually, people went to the Apollo from the hip-hop comedy stop. Because Mr. Steve Harvey was hosting, you did, uh, Apollo in New York. So, that was a connection. So, if you went to the hip-hop comedy stop <clears throat> on Thursday nights for the, uh, for the uh, talent show, you had an opportunity to go to the night at the Apollo. In New York City. So when I heard that, you know, going on Apollo was, for a comedian, was like going on Def Jam, but it was before Def Jam. <clears throat> and it was kind of like prove yourself type of thing. So I wanted to do that. So I left from where I was doing comedy to go down to the hip-hop comedy stop and make my mark. Because as far as I know it, there was nobody like me at the time. You had several comedians out there, but I wasn't from Houston, Texas. I was from Lufkin, Texas, and I was, you know, I was an outsider. Uh, Lone Ranger, you know. So, got down to the hip-hop comedy style, and instantly I made my mark. Uh, Thursday night was Apollo night, but they let comedians go on first before Apollo night started. So on Thursday, I actually took Thursday night for my own. And the crowd expected me on Thursday. And they had professional comedians come in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Meaning that all the guys that had been on Def Jam, all the guys that had been on Apollo, all the guys that, had, you know, all the hot comedians, they would come through and they would be do bookings on the weekends. So I had a lot of opportunity to meet big headliners because they were coming to Houston 
So every opportunity I had, I put my best foot forward for anybody that came into town, hoping to get a connection. So the guy that ran the club, Rushon McDonald, me and him got a relationship for us. Me being a young comedian coming up, he seeing that I'm different from the others. So he took an extra liking to me. And him and Steve Harvey were big friends. At the time, he was Steve Harvey's road manager. You dig? And he has, you know, respect for my uh, me coming up in comedy. So when he told me that Steve Harvey was coming like two weeks to do a show there, I was like, okay, that's my chance. Say it's going down now. It ain't no stopping when the panties start dropping. I'm telling you, man, I was ready. So in those two weeks, I had two more shows at um, the hip hop comedy stop. So I was getting ready, man. I knew I was going to to tear it up. And at that time, my comedy was different because I was just getting into comedy and most of my material was freestyle. Never wrote down anything. I just uh, <clears throat> kind of took situations of my life and the people I knew and the characters in my life and I bought it all together and I just did, you know, freestyled it. So I started to get some structure to my show within those two weeks because I knew that I was going in front of somebody that was a professional and I wanted to let them see that, yeah, Dr. Shep is the motherfucker. I don't care what you see or who you see. When you see me, you're going to know I mean business. So, cut a long story short, <clears throat> those two weeks went by. I worked out on my show. Um, and to me, Rushan McDonald had been kind of like gauging me and what I was doing so the the report on me was good so makes a long story short Mr. Steve Harvey flies into Houston he comes in on Thursday because he wants to build a business for the weekend Friday Saturday and Sunday so he's going to do a show on Thursday after every you know after the uh, Apollo show I uh, know after the comedians and after the Apollo show but that particular night Sean McDonald kind of switched it up. Okay. We were going to do, uh, they were going to do the Apollo show after the comedians. So after the comedians went up, Steve Harvey's going to take over and do the Apollo Houston show to see who get to go to New York. And, uh, so I, uh, was hyped. I knew Steve was there. We were all back in the green room where the comedians wait to go on stage so they kind of cleared everybody out so he can have the room and only certain people can stay back there. So I stayed back there, but I didn't have contact, you know, I didn't have contact with him. I just seen him from across the room, you know. And so I said, yeah, it's going down around this motherfucker. I'm finna, I'm finna, mama got a new house coming. And those were my thoughts. I thought I was finna make it because Steve Harvey is right there. He's the guy that put people like me on. And I know they looking for me if you won't fun it. Know you looking for me. So I'm here. And I'm going to show you tonight. Why I'm worthy. So the night went on. And because I was the favorite. 
Mr. Rashawn McDonald used to let me go on last, meaning I closed the show. Last thing you're going to see is the doctor. Can you dig it? That's going to send you home, man, feeling good. So, bam, the show happened. Bam, everybody goes up on stage. Bam, Dr. Shep is last. Remember, Steve Harvey's back in the green room watching. So, boy, I go up and I mean I do my thing. Michael Jackson. Oh, everything that I got in my repertoire. And, man, them people, into my show, them people stood up. Standing ovation, never forget it. Because that standing ovation to me was I made it. Or somebody has saw me that's significant. And it won't be long. So I got off the stage and I knew that was it. Man, got off the stage, walked back to where Miss Steve Harvey was back in the green room. And like, remember, I hadn't met him up until now. And I called myself making it a business move for him to see my show before I saw him. So we would actually have something to conversate about. So I walk into the green room, turn the corner. And there he stood, Mr. Harvey. Oh, he was clean, man. Had on his little suit. And at this time, he was still wearing a flat top. That, that that fake flat top, all that spray. And if you see him in person, you can see that it was, you know, hairspray. So he turned the corner. I turned the corner. He was standing there. He had his bodyguard with him at the time. This used to be his big. I mean, the nigga looked like he's six, seven, nine or something. Big old Negro. Had him standing with him. So I walk up to Mr. Harvey. I stick my hand out. I said, Mr. Harvey, you a, you know, mentor of mine, you know, I look up to you and stuff, and I want to know if you have any, you know, tips for me or something like that, you know. I'm just glad to meet you. He never shook my hand, never even reached out for it. But what he did do, he said, young, young cat, let me tell you something. If you was in Hollywood, That'll cost you a million dollars. You went over your time a little bit there. And after he said that, he looked away. Like I wasn't even standing there no more. My hand is still here. I never forget it. My hand is still here. And I'm shocked. And I get pissed off. But he got this seven foot Negro standing, you know, with him. So I decided to go, on, you know, let that be that. But it, it, it affected me. That affected me and it forever changed my opinion about looking up to somebody and fantasizing how they are instead of knowing how they really are. See, that affected me to where in my career, it wasn't the other guys that I came up with that I was trying to be better than. No, I cut that out. 
once I realized who I was, and after he done me like that, I would always go after the headliner. No, I'm not trying to be better than Don, Tom, Dick, and Harry. I'm trying to, you, you the one I want. I want my material to be up against yours, big man. And Steve Harvey, he's the one reason that I did that. Because I have the feeling like, oh, oh we, we all bloodsuckers. Ain't nobody, you know, ain't nobody helping nobody around here. Because I had got that feeling from him. It wasn't about my time at all. Because I did, a, a, if I did, I think I went over probably like 30 seconds. And which he was right. Timing is very important. But I'm a young comedian. So that mistake is something that I have to learn. But the way you brought it to me, because those people stood up and they clapped for me, you felt like something was taken away from you. Because you felt like you the motherfucking man, but you just seen it. And when he comes up to shake your hand, you let me know your disdain by choosing something as small as my time to ignore my talent. Because you were afraid of other talent motherfuckers. You big lip, uh, back catcher's glove, mild motherfucker. Whoa! You're going to hell! Probably so. <laughs> but I'm going in good fashion. And I'm going to put a gasoline draws on to make me burn faster. Because I'm telling you that that happened to me. And to me... I know Steve Harvey, and I've heard stories of Steve Harvey doing this to other people. He did it to Bernie Mac when they were going up for the same movie, Mr. 3000, a movie about a baseball player. Mr. Steve Harvey, they had him and Bernie Mac had the same manager. Steve Harvey called the manager and talked down to the manager about Bernie Mac getting that part like he wasn't an actor or he couldn't hold it down and i'm telling you the truth i don't know no steve harvey jokes tell you the truth and to it's like he one of them guys you know i'm gonna tell you who he is he the samuel jackson of comedians and what I mean by that, this motherfucker always showing up in places he ain't supposed to be. Samuel Jackson. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> yeah. 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 That motherfucker always showing up in places he not supposed to be. Bitch, you ain't supposed to be on motherfucking Family Feud. Yo ass damn sure ain't supposed to be no judge. And you goddamn well, ain't supposed to be no relationship guru, nigga. Not if your old lady sucking the shelf dick and fucking around with your bodyguard. Why are you crazy? Probably so. <laughs> That's messed up, man. And you done gave all this advice to the people. How do you feel, Mr. Hart? How do you feel about how you made me feel? How you feel today? Do you feel like you've been done wrong? 
do you feel like you uh, led your fan base astray? Because obviously you didn't know what the fuck you was talking about. Because you should have thought like a lady and acted like a man. But people don't know the story to how this came to be. Your old lady was a hustler. The one you with that's leaving you now. They want half of your shit. And she cheated. She still want that bread because she know you, Steve. These people don't. They think y'all lived in your house and all y'all was just in love. I see you on Facebook with your little zoot suit song. Looking player, baby. You looking good. I ain't gonna lie. Them nice, nice vines, baby. Real nice vines. But I realize you dressed like that to cover up that ugliness in you, son. Now chickens that came back home to roost. Yes, sir. Them chickens that you bought, they done come back home to roost. Karma has found this place in your heart. Now, the good news about this, Mr. Harvey, is that uh, we live and we learn. And you still have a chance to make it right. Because these happenings are not going to stop until you make it right, young man. In your quest for success, you left a road of destruction. Families that you put together, meaning your wives and your children. Several families that you put together, you left a road of destruction. But then you'll get in front of black people and say, oh, this is this is real. This is so. What I'm talking about being black. Oh, cuz, we don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. We definitely ain't niggas like you. Who hate others because they have real talent that you want. That you don't have. I often wonder how, but I don't have to question that knowing where you live. Hollywood. We know how you got that position. There's some old, decrepit white man real happy about them back catcher mid lips of yours, Steve Harvey. I said, That's why you old lady. You're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hell. Myself. But it's, I'm going to be in good company. You dig? See, so that's why your old lady fucking around with the lunch man. That's why your old lady fucking around with the bodyguard. Because she know what you is, Steve Harvey. So it ain't hard to wonder why a person would not want that no more. Where you would be so bad that your old lady would open her legs up for, you know, Spiced cauliflower and you know, a glass of champagne. 
Why you crazy? <laughs> I know it. <laughs> yeah. Because she know what you is, Steve Or. Fucked around, you told her your secrets. And now she know. So she no longer found satisfaction in all your money. See, that's what I said about you money niggas, boy. Love gonna get you. You money niggas, love is gonna get you. If your old lady, man, is loving you because you got money, man, you ain't got you nothing but a good old high price hoe. If you issue out your money and consider it love, use a high price hoe too. You just the one paying, paying, you paying to be a hoe. But that money, that money runs out, Steve. And I'm gonna tell you how. Not by it leaving the bank, but sometimes women like a back rub by some real rough, callous hands. You dig? Sometimes women just like a good conversation, free. Sometimes women just like for you to tell them what you actually feel about how beautiful they are. How grateful you are they you are for them to come into your life. Because changes happen because of that, Steve. I see all your trips to you know, Sandro Pay. Beautiful man. I see you drip down in your nice little suits and you, you know, uh, Balenciaga shoes. Yeah. But she gone now, Steve. Them tears gonna mess up your little Balenciaga shirt. Yes, sir. And it's because you gave a bunch of bad advice, man. And people need to hold you responsible for that. But that's my, my issue. My issue goes deeper than that. Because the, the opinion that I have are the opinions of many. You have been one of those cats, Steve. And we're not going to, I'm not going to, I do not feel sorry for you because you didn't feel sorry or have any kind of con compassion for what you uh, provided me with as a young man in your field. You back catcher, mid mouth motherfucker. So, yeah, I hope it, I, I hope it peaked you pretty bad, brother. I hope it brings oh, you back to. You're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. But. Because I have a personal stake in this. I was affected personally by your behavior, Steve. As a comedian. Somebody that otherwise would have been praising you if you would have done the right thing. Otherwise, somebody that would have been on your side right now. If you'd done the right thing. But instead, I have a story to tell about you. 
And I'm not the only one. But with all about what you but with all you have and all the information that you gave, that's what I don't understand. How did this nigga be able to tell y'all anything about a woman? And he's the three times divorced now. Three times. The left children and all that. This nigga. <laughs> this is you listening to? This nigga? <laughs> this nigga. That's what Africans say. This nigga. No. That's fucked up. And I don't know how you come back from that. I don't think you do. I think it's career over with. What was that movie we watched that time? Uh, a white, white boy that was raised by a black family. Left and invented some glasses. And they sold out. I mean, that was the best new invention ever. But then, six months after the glasses had been sold and continuously letting people start coming in, cock at it, saying the glasses were fucking up their eyes. Lost all his business. Couldn't be trusted, trusted in the optical field no more. And that's you, Steve Harvey. So I hope all that bad karma and all that bad spirit that you put out there, all that negative frequency you left behind in your quest for success, which you reached. Congratulations. But me personally, I hope your steak tastes like shit. I hope your champagne tastes like piss water now. I ain't got no more to say it. I shouldn't walk around with this type of hate. I should say it and get it up out of me. Because <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> oh, you're going to hell. Yeah, tonight I am. <laughs> yep, tonight I am. See, because I've been waiting for this time. I ain't lying. I thought that I was. You know, so eventually I thought I would run back into Mr. Harvey so I could tell him this story. Look him in his eyes, man. And that's the thing, people. We walk around here, we meet people. We either act in a caring way or we act in a adult parenting type of way or we act in responding to friendship type of way or we act in a standoffish type of way or we act in a I don't really fuck with you type of way or we act in a I really don't care what you got going on because I'm the motherfucker type of way and all that causes people harm in some sort of way or it can you can it, it, it can help them in some type of way you have to make that choice you Mr. Harvey as a person of 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 the world you are you are a entertainer and that basically means if you know if you get a, a fan base you don't actually belong to yourself no more but what you did you cheated us you sold us bullshit for your benefit you 
you gave loving and caring advice when you're not even like that. That's why your bitch ass be crying. The guilt. But you can, you know, you don't, you don't have to continue that. For the rest of your life, you can actually try to be somebody better than what you've uh, left behind. Even I, as a comedian here in Houston, Texas, and you wail in Hollywood. And I'm telling you, this is the road that you left behind to get to Hollywood. So fuck your tears. Are you crazy? <laughs> Thank you. Fuck your tears, Mr. Harvey. But you, Miss Harvey, you got you you in good company. You ain't by yourself that have done us like this. You're not by yourself who put out bad information. Even though she's a hoe, you demean, you know, you, you're gonna demean your wife and they make it seem like it's her fault. No, no, people knew you before you got with her. And you was a motherfucker then. But it ain't no fun when the rabbit get the gun. Yeah. I've been waiting on this, man. I ain't lying. This shit happened over 31 years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Because it was something that was important to me. That I expected from this celebrity dude that I looked up to. And what I got from that dude was something I should thank him for. Because I was a cub when he came. But when he left, I turned into a lion. So I had to thank him for that. That motivation of saying, hey, motherfucker, you fucked up by not. Yeah. And I still do that to date. So tonight's uh, really the, the moral of this story. Is be careful who you lend your ears to. People. Be careful who you lend your ears to. Don't believe everything you hear. And don't let nobody's voice be louder than the one you come with. The one's right up in there. And then that confirmation is here in your heart. You don't need anyone's advice for something you already know. The law of reciprocity is that if you had something to hide behind and something to blame, you will. And that's not self-growth, people. Mr. Harvey had his money to hide behind. But the most, the oldest thing and the simplest thing got him. Something that men have been dealing with over history. That we never been able to conquer or understand. 
is a woman. Got it? All the money, all the television shows, all the the uh, soups, sport cut, double breasts, all the nice shoes, all the nice wristwatches, all the nice houses, all the nice cars. How is it that a woman don't want you? It's because with all those beautiful things, you still ugly here and here. And after or before you put on your clothes, that ugliness is always present. So, Mr. Harvey, we wish you not so much pain. <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm not no hater, man. But certain motherfuckers, certain motherfuckers just need to get it. Because they jumped out there and placed themselves in, you know, in that position. You know what women want. You know what, you know, know how they supposed to get it. and But you don't know how to keep your old lady at the house. Nigga, nigga fixing your old lady dick sandwiches with extra mayo, cuz. Boy, you crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she in there getting double meat dick sandwiches. And then she get the bodyguard to walk up back, <laughs> walk up back to the bedroom with them sandwiches. Yeah, man. This is, this is, this is, it's pretty good karma for you, man. Looks good on you. Maybe you can wear the blue tie with it. I ain't lying. I, I'm, I'm going to hell because I'm really enjoying this man's misery, and y'all, y'all should too, because he ain't never gave a fuck about y'all. He's never represented us as a comedian, never. He's always been for himself. So, respectfully, Mr. Harvey, fuck you, and you know. You always been for yourself, so we gonna leave this one to you too, sir. <laughs> you just can't listen to people nowadays, man. And that's what that's our habit as black folks. We love that. We love to find a nigga to listen to, but we always listen to people who are living different lives than we are. So their advice is not good to us, people. Why do you always take their advice? Y'all used to listen to Oprah Winfrey fat ass. She know everything about everything. But she got a whole half a white man living in back of her house that been living back there for 30 years. Ain't married ass, ain't did shit. But y'all listen to her. And it's because what she's acquired from the people who pull her strings. Y'all can't get that. She's a special nigga. You can't treat her like uh, like the other niggas. She's not like the other niggas. But you're going to take her advice knowing that she's not like the rest of the niggas. So that advice is not for you. Steve Harvey's advice about that was not for you. For one thing, 
the way that everyone is acting and the mental illness that is going through our communities nowadays, man, I wouldn't mimic no goddamn body. I ain't gonna act like man, motherfucker. Uh, I ain't gonna mimic nobody. I'm gonna try to get closer to what I was meant to be instead of what I was made. If you listen to Steve Harvey and all these talking heads, you are allowing yourself to be made. You're not, you know, you hear a bunch of people talking about they getting the bag and they got this and they got that. They educated and they got all this and they got all that. Somebody put place that there for you to achieve. Somebody put that there for you to give years of your life trying to achieve just to find out what Mr. Steve Harvey found out today, that that is not where your happiness comes from. Your happiness comes from within you and it's supposed to come out of you to be shared, to put on everyone's plate. So when you go into life for self, these are your consequences. Karma is a real thing. And it's something that nobody does to you. That's a seed that you plant in your behavior. And I imagine it's worse if you deceive many not just one person was affected by your foolishness. You deceived many, young man. Then you tell me uh, how many pounds of flesh you owe. That's the question now. Not if you owe. How many pounds of flesh do you owe, young man? Are we going to be looking at a six Steve Harvey in six months? Will you be on a t-shirt? Because with all your success, bro, I imagine you owe somebody. So I urge you to look at Mr. Steve Harvey's situation when you want the bag, when you want it all, when you want to be big time, when you don't really care about others. I want you to witness what he's suffering right now and decide if, if, if it's worth it to you. Now, apparently Mr. Harvey had uh, a problem with loving people back and karma for him is with all his money and all his power and prestige somebody didn't love him back. So that's karma for your motherfucking ass, Jack. Now, I'd like to say I wish you the best. I'd like to say that Mr. Harvey, you'll get back up again. But instead of that, in the words of Malcolm X, after Kennedy's death, this it's just a case of chickens coming home to roost. So dig that, people. Another one bites the dust. Move, bitch. Get out the way. 
because this foolishness needs to end in one fashion or another. He's only a tool that's been used against us. A big lip pop-eyed nigga that has no talent that they've made great in somebody's eye. And don't don't shy now if you bought that book. If it's up on your shelf, don't shy now. Stand up and be counted as one of the motherfuckers, ignorant motherfuckers that takes anybody's advice as long as they got a television show. As long as they got a pair of fancy shoes or Balenciaga clothes or some foolishness. You are trained your life by it. And I'm just glad that he's been uh, uh, a good example for what happens to when you got a bad and you got a broken. This is what happens. You get back what you put into the universe, my brothers and my sisters. So all you nappy-haired gals, out there that took that advice of thinking like a man and acting like a dumbass? How could you be so stupid? How could you even fall for a chant like that? Because uh, just listening to it doesn't make sense. Because in my opinion, you know, It's still kind of a challenge for you just to be a whole woman. Nevertheless, to think like me, you could never think like a man. Do you know on the average daily basis that we do extraordinary shit that will take you about five years to learn and to actually do? As a man, we've built this whole goddamn place. Everything you get to enjoy, everything that you want, yeah. Man did that. So when you talk about think like a man, shit. You better stay over there in your lane. I don't know how women think. Got an idea. But you never really say you know anyone because you're not supposed to know anyone because all of us are supposed to be evolving to be our best so how i was yesterday i'm not like that today because i'm study evolving to be my best so i'm changing i'm getting rid of things i'm subtracting and i'm adding so don't say you know me because if you say you know me that means i'm stuck that means i ain't doing no moving and i ain't doing no changing and i'm predictable so if somebody gives you advice like they know you, please turn and walk away and trust you. Because then you got nobody to blame. If you hadn't bought Mr. Harvey's book, you wouldn't be a damn fool now. You wouldn't have realized whoever you got rid of because of that probably been the person for you. We have to stop doing this, people.
Be careful who you lend your ears to. Sometimes we do it out of need. Sometimes we do it out of desperation. But this was done out of bandwagonism. Yes, sir, I said and I repeated bandwagonism. All you got to do is see one motherfucker jump on. And if you dress it up well, you have a full bus. For the life of me, I don't know why we we just we jump on we jump on shit. And we pick the most ridiculous shit to jump on. Now, I talked about this gossip with Steve Harvey tonight because it was a it was a personal connection to me. And I can only I, I imagine why these things are happening to him. And it's because it's been a buildup of these things that he's been allowed to to do in his career. And in his personal life, that has come back to haunt him. And this is the thing. I'm trying to scare you people from, be, from, from doing this type of behavior. Because it's not over with yet. When karma come to call, baby, they, yeah, they want it all. And it's a payment. It wants to be paid in full. When, now, rem, remember this. If karma ever come for you, it wants to be paid in full. It don't want no down payment. It don't want no 3% uh, interest rate. It don't want none of that. It wants to be paid in full. Now, that's the bad part. The good part is when you're paid, you're paid. You can re you can start to rebuild your karma bank. And you can put positive in there or you can keep it in the negative. And when you uh surpass what you owe, then these type of things seem to happen. So let's clear our karma, y'all, because you don't have to wait to these type of situations happen in your life because you made bad choices and you never uh, asked for forgiveness or you never tried to clean your little path. Clean your path on your own, y'all. Don't have karma come knock on your door. Please don't have karma come knock on your door. And I named this show Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man because... You should do none of that. Your thinking should be as a human being. Not as a man or a woman. Because one thing stands true. If I treat you like a human being. A good human being. And give you all the rights of a human being. I don't have to discern if you're a man or a woman. First of all. Because you are a human being. And I'm going to give you that basic respect of a human being and the basic compassion of a human being and that's without your the knowledge of your gender see these are things that y'all put on yourselves that make things complicated 
It's not complicated, people. Do not think like a man and act like a woman. Do not act like a woman and think like a man. Act like a human being that has compassion, concern, and an outlook for the future. Now, you think that book would have sold to a bunch of niggas? No. Because what I said is totally true. And what uh, Backcatcher meant mouth was totally fabrication to where it affected his own life. But I bet you tomorrow, your ass gonna catch from the feud. Right on. And that's what we do, people. We never stop for a moment to actually see the bad salesmen that have, you know, engaged with us as a people. We allow these bad salesmen to keep coming up with different products to sell us and it fails every time. Shit don't even last past the warranty. And now that we know that Mr. Steve Harvey's on his way out, we have to question ourselves, who the next fool? Because it's going to be a next. They're already working on it. Mark my words. They're already working on his replacement, as they do us all. <laughs> It's some little Steve Harvey's out there. You know, they they made all size fit all when they made cats like him. So we're here on one point, motherfucking zero, man. We want to keep y'all on the positive aspect of things. You understand? Here at the doctor's office, man, we have living room conversations, man. And we talk truths about what's really true and what's fabricated and what's fantasy, baby. We don't live fantasy around here at one point, motherfucking zero, baby. We give it to you like we got it. And we give it to you where no bad karma comes back for us because we speak the truth. Hey, man, I want to thank everybody for chiming in tonight on this show. I definitely enjoyed it. You understand me? Let me pop my old grill back in. On our way out. Yes, sir. That's how we doing it, baby. In the building, it's your boy, Dr. Shep, man. I had to go in on that boy, Steve Harvey. You know, you, you talk different when you got your grill in. You talk down south. Yeah, man, I had to go in on that boy, Steve Harvey. I want to thank all my people for chiming in. If, if you're going to catch this show on Facebook, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, hey, man, uh, chime in, subscribe. And become one of our followers, man. And like I said, I always want y'all to come in and drop comments. Um, on this season, I said, you know, I want to interact a little bit more with y'all. So, you know, hell, come on screen, man. Uh, don't be scared. I ain't Dr. Shep ain't going to do you no harm, baby. It's the doctor's office. I'm going to give you something to feel, make you feel good, you dig? But until then, coming back across the track once again, my friend. I've walked on water. I've walked on land. I got kings and queens that want to shake my hand. Who am I? The doctor. Take one of these and call me in the morning. Peace. Big shout out to Black Earth Inc., y'all.
can't get a game for you. Shit, I got some change on me. Look into my eyes, moving and ride. I might just pay the fee. She's cash free. She got a wig, making the block free. Cash free. Can't get a game for you. Shit, I got some change on me.